0: valuables at your house? Or maybe to put it a different way, do you have anything you value at your house? Well, usually when we think of valuables, we think of things like maybe jewelry or precious antiques. And my guess is, although I don't know the situation at all of your houses, my guess is that those of us here this morning don't have a tremendous amount of value in jewelry and antiques. More than likely, though, you do have some things that you value, more along the lines of keepsakes, things that bring to mind memories of past people and events in your life, and we value those things. We think they're quite precious, probably wouldn't be to anybody else. If somebody broke into our house, he'd see that and move on. He wouldn't be interested in taking that because it's not of value to them. Uh, it's only valuable to us. Valuables, things that we value. This morning, we want to talk a little bit uh, about things we value, but we want to do it from a biblical perspective. And our question for the hour is this question. Do you value what God values? That's the thing that we want to pursue and the question that we want to ask. We're not talking about keepsakes or memories We're talking about things that influence our lives, things that impact us in the way we think and act. Do we value what God values is our question that we want to investigate. We stop here for just a minute to say thank you for being present, add words of welcome to those that are already extended. We're glad that you're here. We have visitors uh, today. We're always grateful for our visitors and we want you to come back. We hope that we can make you feel welcome here. As Yancey said, we're just trying to follow the Scriptures and do Bible things in Bible ways. We want to offer, a, thus saith the Lord, a book, chapter, and verse for the things we do and teach. And by all means, if you have a question about that, wonder why we're doing something in a particular way, please ask, and we'll try to answer from the Scripture. But we're glad for everybody and for your presence here this morning. Thanks for being here. Do you value what God values? Well, our first observation is a very simple one, very obvious, and that is that the world does not value the things of God. The world, people in the world, people who are not interested in religious things, people who don't care at all about God, people of this world, that's who I'm talking about, they obviously don't value the things of God, they don't care about God. I think it's very easy to observe in our culture that men of the world are not valuing the things of God. But I tell you, it's not a, you know we think we live in a very bad time, and we do, but this is not a new condition. It is not a new situation that the men of the world do not value the things of God. It's always been that way. Back in the time of Christ, in Luke chapter 16, beginning verse 14, Jesus had an exchange with the Pharisees, the religious, they were religious people, but they weren't very inclined toward God. Notice it says in Luke 16 beginning verse 14, Now the Pharisees who were were lovers of money were listening to all these things and they scoffed, they, and they were scoffing at him and he said to them, You are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts for that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. What was the thing under consideration right here? Well, obviously, the thing under consideration right here was money. And these Pharisees are even identified as lovers of money. And so they were lovers of money. And Jesus is rebuking them because that's where their hearts were really attached, to money. Well, someone might argue money is not bad in and of itself, is it? There are still people who are lovers of money, but money in and of itself is not bad, is it? Well, obviously, money in and of itself is not bad. But the problem is having too much attraction to it to make it the thing most valuable to us. Notice, Jesus identified it in their case as that which was highly esteemed. They highly esteemed their money. And Jesus said that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable to God. We need to understand that. Uh, And and what we're drawing out here is that there's a real distinction between the things that worldly men value and the things that God values. What men value often is detestable in the sight of God. And therefore, we have to be careful. Could we have a problem loving money, valuing money, making that which is nearest and dearest to us? I think there's a real danger of that for sure. Not only money, but the things that money can buy, material possessions. It's a great danger, especially for us, when we live in such a prosperous time and place. I think it's easily arguable that we have the highest standard of living of anybody who has ever lived in the history of time. Uh, we, we have a higher standard of living than anybody who lives in the world today, and certainly a higher standard of living than any who have lived historically in times past, Uh, we have an abundance of material possessions, money and the things that money can buy. And if we get attached to that, and if we love that, we need to understand that God does not value that, and we're valuing something that He does not value. The context of this was about money, obviously. But could you add some things to the list of things that men highly esteem, but are detestable before God? Well, I think we could add to the list. For instance, we could add there a category involving our entertainment, our, our recreation. Sports, for instance. The world has given over to that, obviously. People in our culture, right around us, in our immediate community. People just given over to entertainment and recreation and sports. It's the be-all, it's the end-all. I tell you, sometimes we'll just work ourselves to death having fun. Our recreation will nearly kill us. Sometimes you even hear people joking, I gotta get back to work so I can rest up from my vacation. That's the way it is. We we are just so given over to entertainment, recreation, sporting activities, and so forth. It's all there is for some people. It's highly valued in our time. I'm not saying that these things are necessarily bad in and of themselves. They're not. But they could be if they become that which we value. Above God and the things of God. Does that ever happen? Well, yeah. Sometimes we get so aggressive in pursuing our entertainment, in pursuing our recreation, in pursuing our sports, that we neglect to do the things of God. We're valuing those more than God. We're not valuing what God values, you see. And so, even though they're not bad in and of themselves, they could become a great hindrance to us. We could add in their physical appearance uh, and just ourself and our selfish interests. You know people are given over to outward physical appearance in our day and time. Uh, and, and, and again, they'll work real hard at the gym. They'll work out. They'll, they'll try to get themselves in great physical shape. They'll spend inordinate amounts of money on their clothes and on their outward appearance. They want to look good. And, and then they, what do they do? They take selfies. Take a picture. I want to take a picture of myself. And then, what do I want to do with that picture of myself? I want to take that picture of myself and I'm going to post it on Facebook and just wait for people to comment, oh, how good you look. You're so beautiful. Why am I doing that? Could it be? Now, there's nothing wrong with taking care of my physical appearance, obviously. And, uh, and some interest in self is necessary. But when I begin to value those things more than I value the things of God, I'm valuing what God does not value, you see, and then I've got a problem. Or what about just the gratification of desires? Our world is given over to gratifying fleshly desires. And they'll do anything, and they'll give up anything in order to gratify their fleshly desires And that gratification of desires is obviously a valuing of something that God does not value. In all of that, we uh, go back to this text just one more time. That which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. We've got to keep that in mind. The world does not value the things of God. That's a very simple, obvious point to make, but we just want to make it. Now, having made that point, I think we also need to stress that the things that the world does value do not lead to ultimate satisfaction. you get that? The world doesn't value the things of God. I've got to make a decision. Am I going to value the things of God? Am I going to value what the world values? Well, as you're making that decision, know that the things that the world values do not bring ultimate satisfaction. Solomon is the classic example of this. In the book of Ecclesiastes, he writes about it at length. And one passage that is particularly poignant, particularly poignant along these lines is chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now, Solomon was incredibly rich. We've often pointed out more than likely, almost certainly, probably the richest man who ever lived in the history of the world. I was looking the other day at, uh, actually earlier today, I was looking at Forbes magazine's latest edition of the wealthiest people in the world three of them are names that you probably know real well bill gates and uh warren buffett the third on the list when when uh forbes published the list was jeff bezos he's the amazon guy right he's the guy uh, everything's amazon these days and i just heard in the last week or so that bezos has passed warren buffett now to be second richest man in the world behind uh, uh, Bill Gates but if you just took the three of them and combined their wealth they'd be close to 300 billion dollars that's how wealthy they are That, in fact that's wealthy enough that they could afford to give every man, woman and child in the United States a thousand dollars that's how much wealth that they have but I don't think that those three guys held a candle to Solomon Solomon had amazing wealth and he used it to try to gain satisfaction, meaning, purpose and gratification in life. He, he, he used all of his resources to pursue that. And here's what he said in Ecclesiastes chapter 2, beginning verse 1. I said in my heart, go to now, I will prove thee with mirth, therefore enjoy pleasure. I sought in my heart to give myself unto wine. I made me great works. I builded me houses. I planted me vineyards. I had great possessions above all that were in Jerusalem before me. I gathered also silver and gold and the peculiar treasure of the kings of the provinces. I was great and increased more than all that were before me in Jerusalem. Whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not not my heart from any joy. Then I looked on all the works that my hands had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun." I'll tell you, there's not a person who's ever lived who could have engaged in that experiment any more effectively than Solomon did. And Solomon's conclusion was that the things the world values will not satisfy you. You can pursue them as hard as you want and it will never work. If Solomon couldn't get the job done, then I suggest to you that it simply can't be done. If you value the things that the world values, you will never be happy or satisfied with that. And Solomon says so. Now, uh, the Apostle Paul repeated that sort of truth in the New Testament. In First Timothy chapter 6, beginning verse 9, "...they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after..." They have erred from the faith, notice, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. That's pretty strong language, if you stop to think about it, and it, it, it draws to mind the the picture of maybe someone being stabbed with a spear or shot through with an arrow. If you go after money, if you there it is again, it's the love of money. If you go after money and what money can provide for you, if that's what you value. You're going to pierce yourself through with many sorrows. That's what's going to happen. The Word of God is very plain about that. The things the world values will not satisfy you in the long run. It's just very clear. So what should you do? Paul goes on, he says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, Godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. We ought to flee. We should flee from money? Well, we should flee from the love of money, we should flee from a mindset that values that above the things of God, because the reality is, we won't be satisfied with that. In the text that Timothy read for us earlier from 1 John chapter 2, very well known passage, 1 John 2 beginning verse 15, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Look how that passage starts. You know that passage. You've heard it for years and years. But notice how it starts. Love not the world. Love not the world. Don't love it. Or in lines with the lesson we're teaching this morning, we said don't value it. Don't value the things that are of this world. And he identifies them, uh, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of lies. Don't value those things. That's what the world values, but it won't work. You know why it won't ultimately work? He identifies that here, because those things are all passing away. All of those things are just temporary. They may not last you, probably won't last you, just for your time here on earth. They're passing away, they're fleeting, they're temporal. And it may be that before your life here is spent, those things will be long gone from you. Certainly in eternity those things will be gone. Uh, He that doeth the will of the Father abideth forever. And so, uh, this is not rocket science, is it? To just simply observe that the world does not value the things of God, and in conjunction with that, the things of the world will not bring you Ultimate satisfaction. So, what to do? Well, what we've got to do then is find what God values and value that. Right? If valuing the things the world values doesn't work, then let's find out what God values and value that. Imagine, uh, uh, See if you can imagine a picture of, of a boy and girl courting one another. And they, they, they think they're in love. I think I love you, he says. But as they continue their courtship, they find out that they have absolutely nothing in common. They don't like the same things. They don't, they don't like anything the same. They don't like to do the same things. They don't like to talk about the same. They don't even like to eat the same kind of food. They, they have nothing in common with one another. You think they really love each other? Probably not. That's probably not going to last, right? Because the, the one that you love, you value the same things that person values. That's, that's what it's really about, isn't it? Well, what about God then? If we love God, don't you think then that it would be automatic or almost go without saying that we ought to value what God values? Let me give you an example I want you to note the contrast here. This is just one example. In 1 Peter chapter 3, beginning verse 3, Peter addresses the women and how they adorn themselves. He says, concerning women whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plating of the hair and of wearing of gold, of putting on apparel, but it let, let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit knows, which is in the sight of God of great price." Now, when, when you start reading that, when you talk about outward adorning, fixing your hair, wearing gold, putting on fancy apparel, that's what the world does, right? That's what the world values. If we were to take a poll of women in the world, what would be the things they value most of all? Well, it would be those things. But that's not what God values, right? What God values is the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit. This is in the sight of God of great price. That's what God values. Now, this is just one example. This example happens to pertain to women. But the point we're making is that so often there's there's this extreme contrast between what the world values, what God values. And we need to value the things that God values. Okay, how do we do that then? How 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 if, if we're not there yet? I don't think any of us are fully there yet. How do we get there? How do we value the things that God valued? Well, first of all, it has to occupy our mind. It has to be in our thoughts. It's a thought process. Uh, we've often pointed out, even that psychologists will tell us thoughts precede actions. Before you act on something, you will have spent time thinking about that something. And so if we want to value the things of God, think on the things of God. Think on things that He would have us to think about. A well-known text along that line is Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are, are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So think on godly things think on things that god would have us thinking about we said earlier that i think we're under great risk in our day and time because of our material prosperity which i think is so true i tell you another tremendous danger of our time unique to our time is the danger presented by media trying to control our thoughts And we are just surrounded by that. And I really believe that we are allowing ourselves to be too occupied by what the media is presenting to us. And they're presenting it in a way to try and control our thinking. If they can get a hold of our thinking, then they can dictate our actions, you see. Because thoughts precede actions. So I think we have to be especially on guard about... Media exposure and letting our thought processes being controlled and dictated by the media. Because if we want to value what God values, we got to think on godly things. And the media is not going to help us do that. I'll tell you that for sure. Think on things God values. And then act upon that. Consciously act upon doing the things which God values. Thinking is not enough. You've got to finally follow through. You can't just be talking about it. You have to do it. Remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. Luke 6, verse 46. Why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my saying, and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. Jesus was condemning those who made claims that they loved God, that they were loyal to God, that they were disciples of Jesus. They made the claims, but they weren't offering the proof of action. That's what we've got to prove. We've got to show, demonstrate by our actions that we really love God and that we want to value the things He values. Don't just talk about it. Don't just think about it. Actually do it. That's necessary. So act upon the things that God values. And then, finally, we would just say it this way. Make your real treasure in heaven. Make your real treasure in heaven. I used that wording, and you know why, because we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5 here in a minute. Our treasure needs to be in heaven. But could you substitute the word value there? Make your real value in heaven. That'd be fair, wouldn't it? You remember what Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6, beginning verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, And where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. Notice, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Make going to heaven the thing ultimately valuable to you. The most valuable thing. What's absolutely tops in priority. I want to go to heaven. I want to be with God in eternity. Value that. And that's what we have to do. Our question's simple. Do you value what God values? The world doesn't. The world doesn't. The world's headed in the whole wrong way. A, a self-destructive way. We've got to value the things of God by thinking and acting upon the things He values, by making our ultimate treasure in heaven. We hope that what we've said is an encouragement to us all to put first things first and keep thinking the right way in a world that's trying to get us to think in a wrong way. Christian, are you putting God first in your life? Do you value what He values? It's possible, very possible for those of us who are already Christians to slip back, to fall away, to not be faithfully doing what we ought to do. If you find that that's the case, we would urge you to come back to the Lord in repentance, confession, and prayer. If you're not a Christian yet, Obeying that gospel plan of salvation is so important. If if you're ready to do that, or if we could assist you in study, let us know. That plan of salvation is expressed in five simple steps. Hear the truth, believe it, repent of your sins, confess your faith in Jesus, and be baptized for the remission of sins. If we can help in your obedience in any way, let us know while we stand and sing this song.